Sometimes we think you have to have the biggest and best title to have the deepest wisdom. On my travels, I have found the people with the deepest wisdom are just your everyday people, regular people who just happen to know things. Listen intently as we hear stories of wisdom from everyday people. Welcome to Regular People Who Know Things, stories of wisdom from everyday people. Again, I started this podcast because I wanted to be able to highlight the stories of people that you would meet at the grocery store or the post office. You know, when you're having that conversation and you leave with the deepest wisdom you ever felt you could hear to continue forward in your life. Let's listen as Aaron James shares with us his story of finding purpose. We have Aaron James with us today, and I want to thank you, Aaron, for uh, coming onto the show and telling us your story. What are you going to talk to us about? Uh, I'm going to speak about purpose and just kind of how it was a main focus of my life and how it shaped the things that I did. And, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, I want to remind you that when you come into this space, it is number one, sacred, but also we want to give our audience a nugget of wisdom, something they can take with them. So along your story, let us know what that can be. And if it's more than one thing, wonderful, but go ahead. All right. Well, I guess I'll start with um, kind of like a, a very pivotal story in the story of my life. Um, when I was in you know, I guess for a pivotal story, I should know exactly what grade, but it was either third or fifth grade. I'm pretty sure it was fifth grade. Um, Fifth grade, this was the first time I had ever gotten straight A's. Um, It was something that my mother challenged me to do. She Mm -hmm. was like, you know, I don't even remember if there was some kind of payoff, you know, something like, you know, a bribe or something (laughs) like that. Yes. Absolutely. I'll do this for you if you get straight A's. But, you know, up <laughs> like until allowance that point, or something. you know, people had told me, you know, as a student, they're like, oh my gosh, Aaron, you have such potential. That right. potential, that was the thing I heard the most in my life growing up was like, okay, Aaron, you've got potential. You could do anything you want to do if you set your mind to it. You have potential, 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 you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, that's great. Potential, you know? potential, potential. <clears throat> so anyway, so whatever, whatever the case may be, there was this particular time my mother challenged me to get straight A's and I was able to do it for one quarter of school. Good for you. Um, When I did it though, I realized that I did not care. Why? Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things that, you know, it seemed like such an achievement to everyone else. Like, oh my gosh, straight A's, you know. I guess I came from a family, uh, my mother very much was a a teacher. So academics were a big, like a very important thing to her and and my father as well, but more so my mother, I remember it being that way. Um, And I felt like in getting straight A's, I was supposed to be like happy. You right. know what I mean? Like I was going to so go like, woohoo. This is a big event. I did it, you know, but there wasn't that feeling. And oh, wow. that was that right. was the thing that made me realize that, I, I don't know, maybe something was off. Okay. Um, what do you mean? I don't know. Off. Like, I, like mm-hmm. there was something wrong. Like there was something not quite ticking correctly in, in my brain or something. I don't okay. know. Okay. Um, right just you know you notice everyone around you when they get straight A's it's like oh my gosh they feel so like like they achieved something right everyone's excited I got a and, new CD for, yeah yeah getting my straight A's so I understand what you're saying yeah, yeah. and I, I I got I probably got something I don't remember what it was but but uh yeah I just um I didn't feel anything um oh wow so you know it really made me question purpose. Like, 
straight A's are wonderful, but what was the point? All right. Of getting straight A's. Okay. You know, um, and you know, my for I think my mother was was a the the idea was you get straight A's, you get a good job, you make yes, good money. Absolutely. You have a good lifestyle. Right. Um Living a comfortable on top of the lifestyle. Absolutely. And you know, um, you know, this is all audio, so no one can see me. So I'll inform the audience that I am six eight. Um okay. I'm not a small human being. <laughs> okay. Um, so with that being what it is, there are certain things in life that are gonna just cost more for me because absolutely. You know, I need things for a, a dude my size. Okay. Um, and my mom told me that growing up that that was going to be necessary. Right. So, absolutely. You know, it was like, oh, get good grades, make a lot of money, be able get to those support tall people clothes, yeah, yeah, or in cars and and things. You know, which you know, there was more to my mother's teachings than that, but absolutely, there was one. This is one specific aspect that I'm speaking of. Um, so uh yeah it made me wonder um why what what was i trying to achieve all this for and even even still with the end of it like all, all things achieved what's the money for all right um like what why live a comfortable lifestyle then what you right. know like what, what's it what does it all mean um okay. and at the time I was in Christian school and I was a, a born-again believer at that time. Right. Which, you know, even now I wonder what the real truth or, or how all that comes to be. Um I remember saying that saying the prayer. Um asking God to come into my heart, you know, the, the typical, you know, this is how you ask Jesus into your heart prayer. And I remember doing it because I didn't want to go to what I called it the hot place okay. at the time. So it was kind of like, you know, I was in Christian school. I, I, I said this prayer because, you know, it's kind of like a free get out of hell ticket. Right. You know, so that's what you do to get your ticket so that you don't have to go to hell. Don't go in there. Um, you know, and this is the understanding of someone who's in fifth grade. <laughs> right. You know? Absolutely. So, uh, but I don't know, I guess in the end, what I did feel was kind of like emptiness towards it all. Okay. You know, like you look ahead in life and you've got your, your, your get out of jail free card. Um, you've achieved your straight A's, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, you've realized it's something that you're capable of doing, but you know, so what, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're, there's still, you know, I guess, you know, getting out of hell allows you to look forward to something after you've died. But what about while you live? All right. I hear you. <laughs> you still you know, unless you plan on exiting yourself early, you plan on living for a little bit, probably. Okay. I mean, Hopefully. granted, we don't know how long our lifespans are going to be, but no, there's something. Correct. Um, so what are we supposed to do with these lives that we're given? Mm. And I think maybe, I don't know what other fifth graders were thinking, but <laughs> that was the biggest thing on my mind was like, what's it all for? Right. Um, and honestly, at the time, most adults did not have um, any kind of real answer for me. All right. Or perhaps maybe didn't even take me seriously. Okay, that happens. Um, um, yeah, so let's see. I believe I kind of went on after that to <laughs> just kind of hang out with my friends because okay. I guess the assumption was, you know, if if I don't know what life's for, that's fine. I can still have some fun. Okay. All right. Uh, so I think I spent most of 
grade school just doing whatever random whimsical thing came to my mind you know like you I was, think I was really a troublemaker no okay. I mean you know I didn't I didn't set my mind on getting good grades I was terrible at doing that you know it's hard to do things I will say that's probably my biggest failing in life is this that lack of discipline where you can like force yourself to do the things that you really don't feel like doing all right um I could good I could get good test grades in school but okay I never did homework <laughs> you wouldn't be alone no nah, I'm probably not alone in that so I got very <laughs> mediocre you. grades all right um I, I did enough to pass and I'm sure some people hated me for it because it was very little effort to get good grades in school or to get good test scores you know you sit there you listen to your teacher if they read you you know this is this is the time before I don't know if like the millennials will understand this experience but because I think school has changed but you know your teacher just kind of read and, and lectured you and then you regurgitated that information back into test form right and my brain was quick enough Very to just easy. remember yes the stuff they said if you can remember it you're good yeah right. and then you just you just write it down or you know usually there's a a b c or d no critical thinking one. yeah just none of that cram it in your head we didn't do that back in the day we didn't critically <laughs> think about anything try to keep it in your head as much as you we can. just uh we just regurgitated information well they have google now we didn't yeah. have google either so yeah it's a different yeah. world so yes. school was super boring back then for right. me. It was for me. Okay. I'm speaking personally. Obviously, right. But, Absolutely. Um, Thank you. This, this, the, the school that wasn't boring was always the school, the, the classes with teachers that were just like excited about whatever they were teaching people. So, you know, the teachers that had that extra oomph, I did well with. So the next story I'll tell is another pivotal moment in me trying to figure out what my purpose is i was super into knives when i was a kid and this is this story takes place probably like seventh or eighth grade i had a hunting knife that i had gotten from my dad it was in a little leather case i actually still have it somewhere around here this particular time i was procrastinating while i was supposed to be doing homework right instead of doing that i was like you know sharpening this knife okay and this was at home this is at home okay i'm sitting at my you know desk in my room not doing homework not sharpening doing homework the knife because it's yeah. more fun it's way at that way point more in your life in okay life. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely because you know i had a stone and oil like it was like i was into it right it was you know a ritual yeah that was your thing <laughs> <laughs> which by the way if you've never sharpened a knife with a stone and some oil like it is one of the most zen things you could ever do with your yeah. hands anyways moving cool. on That's awesome. so you know i had okay so the next day i go to school after this all right having really probably i don't even remember if i completed that assignment or not probably not mm. so when i got to school i was uh you know, pulling a pen out from my bag or something. And then I realized like, oh man, look at this. I dropped that knife in my school bag. Uh oh, And I Not think this thing. was, I think this was pre-Columbine. All right. Because Columbine was like that event that like, after that you couldn't bring like, you know, a fingernail file to school that was too sharp. Correct. Because things got serious. But, you know, at Christian school, things were pretty serious anyway. Mm. Um, and we had obviously rules against bringing stuff like like weapons to school. Yeah, Columbine was 1999. So I don't know if that gives you any context. Okay, so yes, this was definitely pre-Columbine. Okay. Um, so I'm like, oh, oops. You know, like yes. I brought a knife to school. That was no, totally accidental. Good. Didn't mean to do that. Right. So instead of and this was Christian school, yeah. So and so I, I thought I thought I made the wisest choice. Like I was okay. so proud of the choice. I was like, you know what I'll do? Yeah. I will go to a teacher with my knife, right? And throw myself on their mercy. <laughs> hand them my knife and be like, hey, Say, this was me. totally accidental. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to do this. Right. 
here it is. You yeah. can call my parents and tell them I brought it in. Aww, all of that stuff. Because, you know, I mean, it was just a reasonable, like, Yeah, you, you know, just wanted to do the right thing. It was a oopsie. It you wasn't didn't like need to a, do that. You know, Uh-oh. not on purpose at all. Right, absolutely. You were having fun sharpening your knife. Um, you brought that, not your homework. Yeah, probably, you know, so. next thing you know, I'm You're suspended. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that wow. So you turned in the knife and you got suspended. Full, it threw the book at me. So you did the right the right way finally you were trying to do the right thing and so the like, moral no. of the story is people <laughs> don't do the right thing cheat lie and <laughs> steal get around the rules tell them that no, i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding but, audience needs to hear thank you so i'm kidding like no you <laughs> should definitely do the right thing anyway but the reality of the situation was Very like much. i don't know so this particular moment how it applies to everything it's like you know you go to a christian school yes. and you're taught about this you know well I would say you're taught a lot of things but there's you know this idea of this merciful God and you know and you think that (laughs) you know the people who follow him would be able to look at you and see your heart in a situation and not like you know be so um right you know, stick to the what do they call it? You know, there's Law? a specific thing when they when we talk about Christians and how in the rules they can be about stuff. Um, um oh, is it legalistic? There it is. That's right. the word <laughs> came to my head. Yeah, there it is. Um, the legalistic the Christians. Minute. Um, so yeah, this particular moment was a very legalistic moment so it didn't matter what your heart was you at all did the right thing but it was the law the legal law at all in that moment. yeah in yeah, that moment it didn't matter even yes. a little bit they were doing what they thought was right and you yeah had to suffer that consequence punish my mistakes right absolutely which you know you i guess that's what as a kid it felt like that's what life was just Punished, like you make mistakes you get punished i guess you know? <laughs> yeah it's it's a very black and white thing it, it really doesn't matter and it's funny you know well you're later... disciplining your kids so it feels that way especially at first right yes no stop i mean just just full disclosure i'm still a christian now <laughs> i'd say even more so just because i had to own my faith I, I look in the bible and i see who christ is like right the things that jesus did that were supposed to be like you know the namesake of christian supposed to be christ followers okay so you have to read the book and see who christ is and then follow that example and he was super about jesus was super about like the hearts of people okay well that's why i wanted Um, to start this podcast as well because i wanted to encourage people to get to know the hearts of people but continue right so (laughs) i mean that question brings up like you know what's the purpose of being a christian you know there's that word again you keep using what is what is the point like you know if if you're gonna if you're gonna do all these things you're gonna try your hardest to like you know play by the rules what difference does it make if you're if it doesn't matter you know right. there's no point there's no purpose in following the rules um so I honestly around that time i, I just stopped <laughs> oh, wow you were I like stopped done. following the rules like i didn't oh, wow. think i didn't well that's well was it the knife issue after that you're saying after you got suspended for turning in the knife and doing what you felt is the right thing you just didn't care anymore yeah, is that what you're saying I just didn't care anymore I mean um, it wasn't like well I guess there are a few times when I specifically broke rules on purpose okay purely for the fun of it all right um you're being honest yeah I mean thank you <laughs> we need that in our space here it's but I I just didn't care like you know there was just there was to me, there was no point to try to be good. Why didn't you care? What was this? What's this in you? This feeling at that time? What felt like 
I don't know what that means. So explain to our audience what it means to not care. And obviously there are things I don't care about, but in that space where you were like, what happened? What did um, it feel like? So we talk about purpose. We talk about uh, motivation. All right. Okay. okay. Like what, what motivates you? you to do, to, to follow a rule. And or, motivate means move. So something has to move you. Right. Something correct. has to move you to actually like do the thing you're supposed to do. And nothing moved um, you. No. Ah. I mean, you know, if, if the motivation was, well, you know, if, if you get in trouble anyway, even when your heart's right, in the right place, <laughs> why, why, why I should have just kept it, my mouth shut, not got suspended. Mm. You know what I mean? You and see then, kids do that all the time. They get deflated and they give up. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I just, and it's, I wouldn't say that breaking the rules became my purpose, but it was just more like, having fun trumped everything right. after that. Like there was, you know, even breaking those rules, the ones that I did break on purpose were like purely for the fun of it. What does it mean to have fun? So for you having fun was breaking rules? No, You're, okay. having what fun was doing whatever I was doing. All right, so there was, there was a, another terrible school story of mine. There was actually a time that I was in school and a friend of mine found this website, um, Oh boy. That, you know, and it, in the website, the it taught you how to build like a homemade dart gun oh, out no. of like a shoelace and a, and, a, and a ballpoint pen. Okay. Like you hollow out the pen. I, I probably should. You look invigorated tell. as you're talking about this. You not really invigorated. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was fun at the All time right. to build because okay. not only was it fun to build, like it like worked really well. Okay. So you're fascinated with that. It was amazing. Okay, see, I saw a look in your face. Like, you okay, I mean, excited. you know, it was one of those things that we, like, we built them. Right. You're proud of it. And they were awesome. Okay. Um, okay, continue. So you built it. Yeah, I built it and I was, you know, shooting it at people. Okay. <laughs> Which, you know, it's horrible. I shouldn't at laugh. School. At school. Right. Like, you know, you are, this is you're laughing. me making a weapon in school. I All didn't right. get caught for this. You made it in school. Yeah. Okay. In Christian school. Mm -hmm. And they didn't know you were doing it. Nah. Wow. Okay. Keep going. Um, not this particular thing. I didn't right. get well, caught for absolutely. that. Kids do stuff that people don't see all the time. So I'm not surprised, but anyway. it's funny, you know, I had I'm this... not familiar with Christian schools because I've never been to one. So I'm just, well, actually I went to seminary. That's not no, true, say, <laughs> but it's a different vibe. Right. That's, <laughs> totally that's different true. experience it's college. when it's you're not an adult. High school. Yeah. Right. I was getting a master's, but still go ahead. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I did break rules, but that particular one I broke because I thought it would be fun to build like, you know, a dart shooter out right. of stuff that I could find locally. And then I was amazed at how well it worked. I mean, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I could get in trouble, never entered my mind. Ah, You know what I mean? So you like, did that and you didn't think about what consequence it would bring because you didn't care. You right. were at that point where you were like, whatever, this is fun. You know, and, and it was like, you know, if I can get into trouble, like the reality was there was, there were a few things that I did wrong that I got caught for and I got in trouble. But there was a lot of things that I got in trouble for when I was a kid that were just like, how do I put it? Um, ridiculous to me. Right. Like those things that you do accidentally. Like, you know, I believe that what you do, like your motivation for things and your heart in a situation is probably the most important aspect of it. There, you know, I guess sometimes the consequences, mm. there are consequences for you doing something that are like, oh, oops, I didn't even mean for those consequences to happen. Regardless of how you, you know what it. I mean? Absolutely. But it's like sometimes, sometimes, but sometimes, especially when it's like, there was no one harmed, you know what I mean? If like, if you made a mistake and there was no one harmed and you didn't, you weren't trying to be malicious or right. like have your, your heart was in no way trying to like be rebellious or even you were just like, oh, I didn't realize, you know, X, Y, and Z would happen with mm. whatever, you know, you made a mistake. Yeah. You made a mistake. All right. No real consequences. I so often got in trouble for dumb stuff like that. Okay. And it was just like, so what take me back to the blow dart 
um, you, you, you made this, you, it sounds to me, you're saying because you didn't have purpose, you wandered aimlessly and just did whatever came to your mind. That is exactly it. Okay. So, so much so that I can't even really remember all the stuff that I did. All right. I, I was just doing like whatever comes to mind, like, you know, I just got done watching a, a new episode of Marie Kondo. Whatever sparked joy in my mind at that moment, right? I, I just did all about sparking joy. But Marie <laughs> Kondo's talking more about like the love, the positive. You know, what brings greatness to the world? I think I, I don't know if you know building a dart gun and then harming someone is like yeah. may, who knows? It sparked laughter, but, maybe not joy. <laughs> so in you doing random whatever purposeless things that sparks your joy whereas in me it would be you know smelling a flower or something right. like that but see there's this that... element of truth to it all it's like I really enjoyed building them I built more than one I didn't need more than one homemade dart gun I just right. built more than one because like creating with my hands was satisfying Right. So, I wanna... so there's these piece, there's these little elements in that stuff that's yes. like, yes, there's something in me that is creative and loves to build with my hands. Okay, you know so you're I mean? creating something. And like, you know, when this is like I said, this is back in the day when you didn't do that stuff in school. Like you didn't create <laughs> anything. You just sat there, oh, listened get... to this information Absolutely. and regurgitated. So it was like, oh, you mean I get to actually like build something? You need something? to be creating something. Like my son, he likes to build with gears and my daughter, they like to like build, it looks like an empires, you know, with these things, but you can see their brains just turning while they're doing it. So I want to say when I was teaching at a private school in North Carolina, one of the books I read um, before school started, we had to read as a staff was called The Right Motivation. And it talked about how we're all motivated by something. It just might not be in the direction we're supposed to go. And so a lot of people feel unmotivated, but that child who sits in class and does nothing is still motivated. He's so motivated by the fact that he's bored, that he, he will go out of his way to do nothing. So there's still movement there. It's just not productive for some people or, but he's still like, you were motivated to make that blow dart gun. It just may not have been as productive for everyone else. So I guess I want to know like, how is this shaping you today? Like, right. So like, yes. and what does that have to do with the idea um, of purpose? Yes. Like you wandered then and now you're here. Like there's this huge gap in between. Like right. what happened Where and have you grown? So the answer is, the short answer is yes. But okay. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna lead it there. Take it. So, take your time. You know, up until this point, like unmotivated to follow rules. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Unmotivated to be like, I guess, a very, to to be, um, what's the word? My morality was not motivated by, we'll just call it Christianity. I get you. So those rules, those laws didn't move you to do the things they were asking you to do. Yeah, which is kind of a huge problem. Like, and I'm, un, I'm, unmo I'm unmotivated by money or right. the idea of status. I understand that. Um, I'm the same way. So there's, but these are, these are all pillars in our country. You can't you know offer me I mean? money. I'm like, yeah, okay, next. <laughs> Can you be kind to me? That might motivate me some more. But how do you find your way in this country with, with those things not motivating? Right, you? absolutely. Like, because that's the way everyone tries to get you to go a certain direction. Well, people see you as lazy because you're not out chasing the money, you know? Right. Or whatever. Go ahead. So, you know, I went to college because that's what you do next when you leave high school and you're following the rule book. Okay. In um, a certain culture. And yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that's what I, I was told was right. next. Absolutely. Um, you go to college. I went to, well, I guess I, I wouldn't say I actually went to college. I, <laughs> I, I signed up for Guilford Tech for a, a semester and never actually went um still wandering aimlessly went to a lot of a lot of college parties oh oh yeah 
it was Dell Tech, yeah, Dell Tech in Guilford County. I don't know, whatever. Um, as you see, it wasn't important to me. I don't even remember the name of the place. Yeah, Delaware Technical Community College, Dell Tech is what it was. There you go. Um, okay, I hear what you're saying. You're like, whatever. I didn't even care about the school. I, just... I, I didn't. So you didn't, which is what you signed up and. Yeah, I mean, I signed up, I tested in, like, okay. you know, I had to take a, an aptitude test and I actually tested out of a lot of the math classes and stuff like that and into the higher level classes, which Save once again, money. points to the fact that like, hey, the kid is smart. He can learn all this stuff. He just is, un right. he has no idea what to do with That's all this information. That's not what he wants to do, right? That's not what you want to like, do. Like there was no point in which people were like, hey, okay. and with this information, you can... I don't know, build bridges or, you know, fly rockets. And, you know, had I been doing that stuff, I probably would have maybe uh, applied myself more, but information without purpose left me very listless and drifting. Okay, I hear you. Um, so I didn't go to school. Mm -hmm. You know, my parents found out eventually because... <laughs> So you weren't going, no. you signed up, but you weren't actually going, you know, I would get class. in my car and, oh, wow. and leave. I hear a lot of people who do that for work. Like they tell their wives they're going to their job, but they just get in the car because they don't have the strength to say, you know, the courage, like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm sure that was in a movie, but I know people, you know, who I've heard of someone who said that she's she did that before she was in her car she didn't really go into class so that's hard yeah I mean it's it's you literally just did not go no <laughs> oh I mean gosh. I, I, can't, I can't imagine what would you what did you do instead so think, what were you doing you get in your car you got in your car did you take your book bag like what, well I did, did still you? have a job All I was right. working at Circuit City at the time which super dates me because that doesn't even exist anymore okay um <laughs> okay or Radio Shack. I wonder, is Radio Shack still around? Yeah, so I, I think I was going to work okay. some or something. And then I wow. was just going out with friends and hanging out. Right. Um, How long did you do that? Um, Not long. All right. Because, you know, you can't. Live for um, too long. Yeah, you know, eventually somebody's like, so do you have a report card? <laughs> or, you know grade records or something uh, something you're probably not alone in that a lot of people probably went through the same thing yeah and it's so funny because like you know, our audience needs to hear from you I, it did come to a head and at some point like my my mom and my stepdad were like so obviously you're not going what are you doing absolutely like what are you gonna do with your life and you know that's we, what parents will ask honestly at that time i was still I remember that conversation with them still feeling like a child. So you feel like I'm going to stop here for a second. It sounds like I'm hearing a student, all A's, you get all A's. You're like, what is this purpose? You start doing purposeless things, some harmful or, but also you did some right things and got punished for it. And now you're just kind of wandering. And now your parents are like, what are you going to do? And so what'd you do? Um, <laughs> I went to another college. Oh, well. <laughs> well. <laughs> I went to North Carolina Central That's gonna fix for it. a semester and the same exact thing oh, happened no. again, oh, except, what? except, except this time I got more debt. What made you go to another college if the first one didn't work out? And well, why? How? That's hard because now you have to pay for something you didn't really not that it's any different than a lot of us who get our master's degrees, but. Well, I mean, I, I tried, I thought it Why might be different again? because in school, the, the, some of my saving graces were like music classes. All right. So instead of uh, the first time I went to a technical community college right. and didn't care about any of that. This time I went to North Carolina Central and I was a music major. So it was like, okay, I'm going to join choir. You thought it'd be different. Because, you know, when I was, one of my saving graces when I was in Concord High School in Delaware, uh, I was a part of, you know, my senior year, our choir 
was part of this competition and you know we went to Florida to compete and we won Mm -hmm. so I was like super high on that and I was all state third seat tenor Mm. um you know and that was awesome so like a lot of my life when I went to this new school um my junior year revolved around music right um and it was something I very much loved to do all right um that's good and I had a great teacher he was like young and didn't talk to me like a child so it was very much like this mutual respect and relationship like obviously he's a teacher he's the authority and and I I felt that so you found something yeah you found music you know at the time too me and my brother were goofing off recording stuff at home but like that's which would later turn into more so really music was starting to come up in my life as something that like oh man this is something that I I love to do that's good Um, so you found something that motivated you or kept you going yeah so it was like you know wasn't the worst it didn't feel like the worst idea to go to school as a music major so this was a new experience wasn't like you were going down to that college to do the same exact thing right but you didn't stay but in reality it's like still no purpose like I like music so I, I go major in music but to do what how did you feel at that point when you left that school? What were you thinking? When I left which school? The um, second. North Carolina Central. Yes. Um, when I left North Carolina Central, I guess, I'm not even sure exactly of timelines because my brain is terrible with timelines. Right. But I do know, okay, yes. I just... I was just thinking, I really don't know what I was thinking, honestly. Right. It was more just That's like, okay. a, just I don't care about school. Right. Another, so I don't care. I'm, I'm leaving this. And I'm, I went from Durham, North Carolina, where North Carolina Central is located, and moved in with my brother in Greensboro, which was like an hour and some change away. Right. Um, and then I just got a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said before, like me and my brother had recorded some random stuff when we were in in Philly, and he was very much into music as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he still is into music, so that's good. You know, as am I. But point being, like, it was time to just get off the beaten path and just figure out. Because the reality is this, like everyone had been trying to tell me where to go, how to live life, what I I needed to do to get to the end goal. But at no point had I ever like taken it upon myself to be like, this is the goal that I want to reach. And this is how I'm going to reach it. Mm. So Mm. at this point, like, yeah, my life is for the probably for the first time fully in my hands. Um, Right. And I think even as an adult now, that shapes me as a father, because I, I want to be the type of father that raises my kids to seek out their own goals. How does that feel to have your life in your hands as far as you know what you want to choose um, now? Fantastic. Wonderful. I mean, to me, there's nothing better when people talk about high school being the glory days I'm like no (laughs) now are the glory days the glory days are really the glory days are every day you're alive but this is the life I'm choosing the life that I live now right it's what you want to do which is different because you've always been this entire conversation talking about because you know I was supposed to be studious I was supposed to be a good student and then I was supposed to make money and then I was supposed to do this you know and And you didn't want to do any of those things I didn't want to do any of those so you felt left out for a long time probably because that's like the state of our country yeah that's what you do yeah I mean I definitely felt like an outcast yeah Yeah. you got to do the next thing which you know I I still I still feel like an outcast but I'm kind of fine with it these days well just for the same reasons like the the things that are supposed to motivate you like and and I'm supposed to be like I'm so these days I'm supposed to pick sides 
Like right. at some point during college, I was supposed to choose whether I was going to be a Democrat or a Republican or a conservative or whatever. And then I was supposed to be really adamant about those things <laughs> and screaming people's faces and stuff. But I don't really <laughs> care about that stuff. Um, so purpose. Right. I don't think it's something that hit me all at once. All right. It's something I had to discover. Mm -hmm. And it was like, finally, I was living my own life. So I had the, the chance to discover it. Mm. Um, I worked for the most part when I lived in North Carolina, I worked as a bouncer, mm. probably maybe uh, six months or to a year after I moved to Greensboro. Mm -hmm. I joined the Urban Sophisticates is the name of the band that I became a part of. Um, and we Thank toured and we had experiences. I'm not going to go into all of that because it's not. Why not? All the specific stories aren't really necessarily, rele necessarily relevant. Um, okay. It's more so just the, I the overall idea that like, this is the life that I chose. I chose to join this band and we had ups and downs like in the beginning it was great we were doing these little gigs and getting some notoriety then things got a little more serious and they got hard because that's what life is like um we we bought some touring a touring bus and <laughs> we tried to convert it to Greece to run on grease so we could <laughs> save on gas uh that didn't work so well you know it cost us so much money and put us in so much debt um yeah things things that for in moments they were hard mm -hmm. but things were great i mean like you know it's it's one of those things that happens when you take your life into your own hand you're you know it's not going to just be like all all downhill you know right by downhill it could be i mean beautiful. like you know easy oh got you um, Every, everyone interprets that a little differently yeah i hear what you're saying because people think down but keep going right <laughs> so yeah it was definitely not all easy but it showed me what i loved but it's yours yeah right? it, was, it was very much mine you know i mean i will say a lot of it was like my brother's vision Right. But the part I played in it is what I chose to do. Okay. Like these are the things that I wanted. Right. I discovered what it felt like to to create music with a group of people that were um full of passion. That's um, beautiful. Yeah, it was. The idea of doing all things into the glory of the Lord, like the reality of like taking something and and pouring everything you have into doing it i mean i think even when i was in urban i didn't know to totally understand my my purpose like once again i was driven by like my own inner like you know those things that are inside of you that just pull you towards it like you you discover something inside of yourself that's beautiful and it you want to pursue Blues. it you know what i mean so yeah I loved music, yes, but to perform with with my my friends was my favorite part. Right. Um, just beautiful. to create something that's spontaneous and and like well done. Right. Um, and to create an atmosphere of joy. Right. I mean, it's even off stage, we had that. Like when we were just living in our apartment and people would come by and the atmosphere was just like joyful it right. was like hey come in sit down be Have yourself right. relax don't worry about trying to impress anybody because no one here cares you know okay. like very much this free environment um right so that ended okay because things do um all right not in any dramatic way it was just more we it was at the end of its road you know we toured for a long time uh, 
it, it, it takes a toll on you. And after a while, you don't feel like grinding anymore. Okay. Like, cause the road life is not the easiest life, especially if you're not, if you don't have roadies. I mean, even if you do have roadies and all the extras and you're staying in nice hotels, which we weren't. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, you know, it just gets old and you're like, you know, I don't feel like doing that anymore. And guys wanted to have more stability. So we kind of went our separate ways, okay. not with any kind of animosity, but with like, like an absolute fondness for what we had done. That's beautiful. Um, and life moved on. Yes. Um, but I think that really helped me in a way, almost forced me to like take a, a deep look at what I had just done, what I had just gone through being in this band what it truly meant to like who I really was and what I was here, what light I was here to shine into this world, which is what I, I think is what purpose is. It's like everybody in this world has a unique light to, to bring here. And I think our purpose is to bring it. Okay. You know, like the cheerleading movie says, was it just bring it? Is that a movie? Bring it on. Bring it on. There you go. So it's been brought in. Is I believe that your purpose is to shine your light. That being said, I had to figure out what that meant for me. Like, you know, obviously it couldn't be being in the urban sophisticates forever because that's not that band wasn't gonna last forever. Right now I am the tech director at Christchurch in Illinois. Right. That is my job title, not my purpose. The light that I'm currently doing my best to shine is bringing excellence to, to the things that I do. At Christ Church, as the tech director, pursuing excellence in that space looks like me constantly trying to improve my knowledge base. And with tech, that's difficult because tech changes every five seconds and, and updates and becomes more complex. Mm. Oh, sometimes less complex, which is nice. But in general, like you have to work to keep up with how technology changes. Right. But I work to keep up with how technology changes. Mm. Um, I really hope to create a space where people can encounter God's story. Okay, um, how would you do that? Well, I mean, the fact that every Sunday I'm in charge of the team that controls the audio. Right. Like, so whether or not the people online or in the building can even hear the people on stage. Yes. Um, the lights, so whether they can see the people on stage. Right. Um, and we, you know, we shape how they see the people on stage. Yes. My team um, has a big responsibility in shaping that entire experience for people. Right. Um, down to how the instruments sound when they praise or mm. how the microphone sounds when the message is taught. All of these different tools are used for storytelling, whether it be sound or visuals, lighting, and my goal is to try to create a meaningful experience for people. Now, I'm not in control of like how people perceive everything. And Absolutely. I don't put that type of weight on my shoulders. But there's another aspect <clears throat> to being a tech director where I'm, I'm a leader of this team of people. And quite often, like my team is a space where like the people who are on it can come in and express like you know I'm having a rough time in this area of my life or you know and like you know we're, we're a group of people who are serving together <clears throat> and it's part of my job to create a space where they feel welcome as oh, no. human beings that like have lives and have struggles and have joys. And we share in that together and, right. you know, try to uplift one another. Pray constantly that I'm a good enough leader to, you know, help create that space. Yeah, I seek and I'm looking to give them what I didn't have. Um, and my hope is to give that volunteer all the encouragement, 
because I mean, you know, I was told that like, you know, being a musician is not a real job. Oh, you shouldn't pursue it because you won't have enough money. Societally, that pursuit is not, it's cute. So I try to encourage that. Don't be afraid, yes. you know, to, to walk your path, despite the fact that it is not going to look like other people think your life should look. Yeah. I say that I feel like I don't give that enough emphasis. Um, creativity. Correct. Yeah. So that healthy creativity, I started to nurture that space and watched it blossom. And I believe in God and, and the path that he has for you. But so yes. I went to the church you and then it was that. like, hey, let me let me volunteer on the tech team and, you that's know, beautiful. sound engineer. And they were like, oh, we need somebody like that part time. Oh, no, that's awesome. Oh, wait, we need somebody like that full time. That's wonderful. And now it's like I went from. So it worked out. <laughs> like in an instant. <laughs> okay. Like, so you had those years where you weren't doing what you loved after doing something you loved so dearly and now you're back into the creative space again. Yeah, and and really and trying to good. create something new here. Right, that's know, beautiful. Something reminiscent of what I once did before, but something that's like okay. real and, and nurturing to the people in it. I wanna thank you for showing up and being on my podcast. It means a lot, it is an honor. I wanna ask you before we end this, what is, your nugget of wisdom for our audience. If you can sum up everything you said and like make it into a cute little nugget, what would you give to your audience? Like a, a favor, you know, party favor, party favor, but right. you know, <laughs> so for them to say, take with them. I would say that there is no specific life path that they should follow. Okay. okay. It's not specific. I mean, in a way, perhaps, but not so specific. First high school, then college, then job. That's not a thing. Just Maybe live your life. perhaps you'll find that you're living your life to its fullest and it looks exactly like the blueprints that some people would show you. Right. Perhaps not. Figure out who you are. Yes. And then once you figure that out, be that person. You've got to talk to these to the audience. They're gonna to need to hear something. I think regular people. And you know, not not what what aggravation or bitterness looks like when it shines at you. <laughs> okay. I feel like I, that's important to say because you know, there's people that are passionate these days, but sometimes their passion is fueled by bitterness. Love, right. And it's like, you know, getting in a shouting match with people is not something I'd suggest. Um, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're live in the Chicago area, the Chicagoland area, and you're in the music Christchurch, like, you know, you might find us doing a worship night, which is actually all the musicians just hanging out and, and being nerdy. All right. So if that's your, if that's your bag, find us. Well, thank you again, Aaron. It's been a joy. Well, tonight we heard from Aaron James. I enjoyed hearing his story. I like how he had to discover his purpose, but not all at once. I also like how he talked about his talents and love shining through you. I hope your week is beautiful. Thanks for joining. Mm -hmm.